Before we get started, just a quick thing. Be sure to subscribe to the Great Big Story podcast wherever you're listening so you can hear more stories just like this one. Okay, enjoy the episode. When I'm running, I completely shut my mind off. So I'm in a very cathartic state where I just don't even think about anything. It's like an active meditation. For most of her life, running has been one of Hannah Gaviosa's greatest passions. When I'm putting like all my energy into it, I feel like I'm on the top of the world. I love the sounds. I love running alongside buildings. I love seeing different people. Making my way across bridges, seeing my city change is, you know, something that really inspires me when I'm on the move. And if you could see Hannah, you'd notice one thing about how she moves. Hannah does her running with crutches. I'm Drew Beebe, and this is Great Big Story. We're a team of storytellers who search the world for some of the most fascinating people out there to share their stories. And today, we'll hear from an athlete who was partially paralyzed in a horrific accident and how she didn't let that end her dream of running a marathon. Just a quick note, this episode contains a description of sexual violence, so this may not be suitable for all listeners. Today's story comes to us from producer Isabella Bartolucci. Hannah Gavios is one of those people who you feel like you've known for years, even though you just met her. It's such a pleasure to have both of you here. Yeah. She's incredibly easy to talk to and has this infectious joy for life. She's 27, she has a degree in graphic design, and she lives in Astoria, Queens, not far from where she grew up. All right, I'm ready. Even though New York isn't always the easiest place to live, especially for someone with a disability. Most people avoid New York City because there are a lot of stairs and there are a lot of people and the space is very tight. But for me, I think it's a lot more exciting. Navigating through crowds, taking the stairs, catching the subway. For me, New York City is my concrete jungle, and it's my obstacle course that I just want to crush. That's just Hannah's general attitude towards life. She likes to take challenges head on, and the last few years have been filled with challenges as she's adapted to life with paralysis. I am classified as an L3 patient, which means that even though I can't move my ankles and feet and my backside, I could still use my quad muscles and I have some functions below the waist. I'm unable to walk by myself, but I can walk with a cane or with crutches. And when I walk with a cane, I use leg braces to keep my ankles lifted up so that I can land on my heel when I'm taking steps. Hannah had full use of her legs when she was younger. In fact, in high school, she even ran track and cross country. Running was her passion. Everywhere she'd travel, she'd take off on foot and explore the new surroundings. In her early 20s, everything changed. My accident happened in September of 2016. After graduating college, Hannah landed a job teaching English in Vietnam. While she was there, she decided to take a vacation to Thailand. One night, she was heading back to her hotel, 
and she got lost. I went into a local shop and I asked for directions and the worker in the shop led me to his coworker and told me to follow him. He took me up to a dark wooded area and attempted to rape me. I pushed my attacker away and um, he, he was grabbing onto me and with very full force. Um, and then when I was able to escape from him, I ran away from him and I tried to find my way out of the place that he took me to. And when he began following me, I picked up speed and that led me to falling 150 feet off a cliff. I was falling for an extremely long time. I was in the air for long enough to have all these thoughts. I remember thinking like, I'm only 23 years old. I can't believe that my life is coming to an end. I have so much more to live for. Because I already committed to the idea that I wasn't going to live. And as soon as I landed, I couldn't even believe I was alive. And then I realized that I was unable to move anything. Hannah says she was there for hours, unable to move, screaming in pain. Her attacker eventually found her down the cliff, and she says he assaulted her while she lay motionless. In the morning light, he left, but he did bring back help. She was taken to a hospital and diagnosed with a spinal cord injury. I have a fracture at T12, the vertebrae, that was crushed, and my bones were completely shattered. So when I had the surgery, they had to remove some of the fragments. And my surgeon inserted metal rods and screws in my back to keep the fractured vertebrae in place. Hannah was in the hospital in Thailand for almost three weeks. And after 18 days of rehabilitating, going into a hyperbaric chamber every single day, speaking to all the specialists that helped me get through, you know, the nights of crying and pain and like all the morphine that I needed, <laughs> they finally decided that I was okay to travel and go home. Hannah was flown back to New York City. She spent another two months in Mount Sinai Hospital, which is right across the street from Central Park. When I was in the hospital, um, I remember going outside for physical therapy, and a lot of the times I would walk around with my walker or with my crutches in Central Park, and that was very close to the marathon where people were running in November. Hannah would watch runners go by as they trained for the race, and it was a reminder of a part of her life she'd been forced to leave behind, her passion for running. And I would just pay attention to people's steps and how effortlessly they would take those leaps. And I just remember feeling very bitter and jealous that I wasn't able to do those movements with my body anymore. My dream was to one day run the marathon, and I felt like after my accident, that was completely taken from me. Seeing something you want, something so normal to you, and not being able to have it, and not knowing if you'll ever have it again. That has to feel so unfair and so angering. Seeing all those runners, I would have just given up. But Hannah didn't. 
she took it as a challenge. I thought, you know, my life is never going to be the same again, but let me just cross the street. Let me try to make it to the other side. I thought the most important thing to do at that very moment was focus on all the small steps rather than the bigger picture. Those small steps soon became bigger and bigger and bigger steps. She put all of her energy into her physical rehab, and she made huge progress. From all the workouts that I've been doing, my mobility has drastically improved, so I'm still paralyzed in all the places that I'm affected. But because I have more upper body strength right now and some lower body strength, I'm able to surpass that. As Hannah got stronger, she started taking on an incredible amount of demanding physical activities. Look in between your hands and gently walk or float to the front of the mat. Awesome. I teach yoga. Shoulders back away from the hands. Exhale all the air, S-H. I also like to do rock climbing, <sighs> hiking. I decided to sign up for Krav Maga lessons and learn self-defense. I feel so strong when I'm doing Krav Maga. It just gives me a lot more confidence and peace of mind when I'm out and about by myself. Just in case I'm ever in a similar situation again, I'll know how to protect myself. Hannah's attacker was apprehended and is serving a five-year prison term in Thailand. She's glad that he was brought to justice, but what I was most amazed by was truly how little anger she has for him. If anything, like, I feel sorry for him because clearly, like, he has his own pain and his own suffering to be able to put that on somebody else. So I don't really wish him anything but peace. Like, I hope that he's well. I just feel like I'm so focused on the present, like, I'm so focused on my goals and, like, where I want to be in life that I don't want to be held back by, like, any vengeful feelings. Like, I don't want to hold on to something that is going to stop me from getting me to where I want to be, which is running a marathon. I'm such a realist in life. If someone had told me that I might never walk again, I would be devastated. I'd say, well, okay, that's the reality of my situation. But Hannah, she said, not only will I walk again, I'm going to run again. And not only am I going to run, I'm going to run a marathon. After the break, Hannah gets to work on her dream. That's right here on Great Big Story. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life... I'm a health reporter and have been for 15 years. And even I feel overwhelmed by some of the things I read about the stuff we're eating. My colleague Meg Terrell wanted to take a deep dive into something you've probably heard a lot about recently. Ultra-processed foods. There is a lot to learn there, some fascinating stuff. And some of it is probably going to change the way you shop. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. The team at Great Big Story has been hard at work bringing you inspiring and wondrous tales just like this one. And we want to know what you think. Please visit CNN.com slash podcast survey to answer a few questions. It'll only take a minute and it will help us a lot as we work to bring you stories that you'll like even more. That's CNN.com slash podcast survey.
You're listening to Great Big Story. I'm Drew Beebe, and today, producer Isabella Bartolucci is sharing the story of Hannah Gavios and her dream to run a marathon, despite an injury that left her partially paralyzed. Once she'd made up her mind, Hannah reached out to the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation for help. They fund a lot of research on spinal cord injuries and do what they can to support people with disabilities. She told them that she wanted to do the New York City Marathon on crutches. And the coach that they set me up with said, you're going to what? And he couldn't believe his ears. But we decided to, like, you know, try it out and make this a full experiment and see how it goes. It took a long time to work out the mechanics of how Hannah could move in a race. She has to rely mostly on her upper body strength. Instead of running, Hannah likes to call it crutching. The way I do it is I bring both of my crutches forward with my hands, and then I leap forward with both of my legs. And I try to mimic the speed and the alignment of my body the same I would as I would be with running. But figuring out how to do that for a full 26.2 miles, that presents all sorts of logistical challenges. Like, what kind of support do I need? What are the right crutches to wear? What are the right leg braces to use? You know, there were things that went wrong during it. I would break my leg braces. Um, My hands would get chewed up. So these were all, like, the logistics that I had to figure out during my training. Despite the bleeding hands, the broken braces, and the grueling physical strength required, Hannah pushed through all of it. I love being faced with new challenges every day because the more challenges I face, the stronger I feel as a person. So how's your training gone for the marathon? It's good, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited. Are you feeling ready? Yeah, I feel ready. I mean, like, I hope so. It's early morning in November on Staten Island, the starting point for the New York City Marathon. There are more than 50,000 runners taking part. So when Hannah arrives, it's a pretty chaotic scene. Hey, hey, where is the start? After some initial confusion, Hannah found her way to the starting line. Good morning, athletes. Welcome to the 2019 TCS New York City Marathon. Have a great race and we'll see you at the finish line. On your mark. And Hannah was off, crutching her way across the Verrazano Bridge into Brooklyn. After that, she'd have to run through Queens and the Bronx and Manhattan. A marathon is a grueling endurance test for anyone. On average, it takes people four and a half to five hours to finish. But using crutches, Hannah knew she would have to be on the streets grinding it out for twice as long. Her goal, to finish in 10 hours. I mean, 26.2 miles is such a long distance for anybody. You know, some people will even give up midway. And it's really just like a mind over matter thing that I have to tell myself, like, I'm going to get through this. Everything's going to be okay. Like, I might be hurting now, but once I cross that finish line, like, I'm going to heal. I'm going to recover. Like, I can do anything. Hannah got plenty of support along the way. 
Her best friend Lauren even ran the entire marathon alongside her. And at each checkpoint, she was met by a crowd of spectators cheering just for her. There were people she didn't know who tracked her on the race app and waited hours just to see her run by them. She trudged on, mile after mile after mile. But as the sun started to set, a little before five, Hannah came to a realization. Sorry, guys, I'm like out of the energy. (sighs) She just wasn't going to make her goal, and she nearly quit. At that point, like around mile 16 or 17, I figured there's absolutely no way I'm going to finish in 10 hours. Like, why should I even finish this? What's the point? Like, this is not enjoyable. But then I sat down, I had a burrito, and then I figured, okay, Hannah, like, what's more important to you, finishing in 10 hours or finishing? Like, you don't always have to, like, beat your last mountain. So I decided, like, okay, if I already made it this far, then there's no going back. Okay, one more mile. Uh, just one more. Just only one. Well after dark, Hannah made the turn into Central Park, where just three years earlier, she had watched the marathon runners train from a distance, convinced that she would never be one of them. Hannah crossed the finish line at 8.45 p.m., completing the marathon in just over 11 hours. Before my accident, I was a very active person, but I almost feel like my adversity exposed my character even more. I think before my injury, I was a little uncertain of like who I was and you know what am I doing with my life. But now that I've had this injury, I realize like I have the power to inspire other people and help them find their own inner strengths that they might never have seen before. I think no matter what, like you can't let like a negative situation define who you are as a person. Like if you want something so badly, you're going to find a way to still bring it back into your life no matter what. Maybe it will take longer and maybe It will be more work, but I honestly truly believe that the more work that you put into something, the more you appreciate it. That story came from producer Isabella Bartolucci. Hannah Gavios is starting a rehabilitation counseling program in the fall, aiming to help other people like her. 
Now, the 2020 New York City Marathon is canceled, but Hannah is still running, and she likely won't ever stop. The Great Big Story podcast is a production of Great Big Story and CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Isabella Bartolucci, Laura Zeffrin, and Evan Chung. Our executive producers are Sadie Bass and Megan Marcus. Francisco Monroy is our engineer. Additional production by Julianne Wilkinson, Dave Yim, Justin Gonzalez, and David Givens. Raj Makija is our senior production manager. Special thanks to Katie Hinman and Ashley Lusk. Courtney Coop is our vice president of digital productions. And Ashley Kodiani is our vice president of brand and digital strategy. We'll be back with a new episode next week. I'm Drew Beebe. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.